May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I don't know where to begin, he said. Start at the beginning, came the reply. Does it sound familiar? Begin at the start, move slowly forward step by step until you get to the end. Maybe fast-forwarding through the adverts if you're watching a recording or catch-up. With that mindset, which I suspect quite often we find helpful for understanding things, today's two Gospel readings get a little bit confusing in this Holy Week journey. We began in the church hall. As we were blessing the palms, we heard the Gospel of the Palms. The crowd declaring, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he, this truly is the Messiah we've been waiting for generations for. And then a few minutes later, in the Gospel of the Passion, we heard, crucify him. Before that, we'd heard an account of the Last Supper in Luke's Gospel. We move on through the week. We get to Maundy Thursday. We then move on to Good Friday's Passion, hearing about the Last Supper. So we're sort of to and froing. We we go back from the crucifixion to Maundy Thursday to the Last Supper, then forward again to the Passion again on Good Friday before ultimately getting to the resurrection, sort of go to and fro. Experiencing the reality God is dead at that point on Good Friday when our Lord is laid in the tomb, waiting forlornly, maybe not even expectantly for Easter, for resurrection. Has it ever occurred to you this sort of strange discrepancy in the order of the readings we hear sometimes? Is it just simply wrong to hear an account of the Passion on Palm Sunday? Is it a way just to shoehorn in hearing another of the readings? With there being a three-year lectionary cycle, but four gospel accounts. Then again, what about the Last Supper? Jesus proclaims, this is my body broken for you. Well, at that point, he has not yet been crucified. So that sort of went to him and fro him in the narrative a little bit. It cannot be a linear account. Because there are themes to experience as we journey through from Jesus' entry into Jerusalem to the cross and ultimately to resurrection. We do not move simply through subsequent diary entries. Today, though, I want to consider a theme across the two Gospels we've heard today. The crowd proclaimed, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then they proclaim, they cry out, crucify him. Where do we fit into that narrative, I wonder? If we had been there, how would we have responded? As many of you know, I'm a fan of Reading Football Club. It's a heavy cross to bear sometimes. <coughs> Yesterday we had a match against Cardiff City in Reading. 
you probably realise football fans can be somewhat fickle at times. We've had quite a bad season. Not too long ago, we appointed a new manager, someone who hadn't managed for quite a few years. Immediately, the fans were on his back complaining, why have we appointed someone like that? He's useless or he'd have had another job way before now. Then we got a few half-decent results. Maybe we're not going to be relegated after all. And so the mood changed. It got a bit more positive. Yesterday, the Reading fans were feeling quite confident. After a few minutes of the match, Reading took the lead. Everyone was delighted, rejoicing. Everything was good. Reading was staying up. In the second half, after half-time, Reading players seem to have forgotten to come out onto the pitch or something. They conceded an equaliser. Then they conceded a second goal. Cardiff won. I heard on the radio this morning it means that Cardiff are not being relegated this season. Reading, we still don't know. Despondency started to set in yet again. I've seen it time and time again following Reading. And also watching what happens with the press sometimes regarding young footballers. The good times are built up, everything is wonderful, or someone is wonderful, everyone says. But the moment things deteriorate slightly, everyone turns on them. The players who are going to win promotion are suddenly useless and booed off the pitch. The young player who the press last week had said was going to be the best player in the whole wide world misses an open goal or gets sent off or something and is a liability, should never be allowed to kick a football again. They're wonderful, hooray! No, they're useless, boo! And it changes just like that, the same people. It's wonderful, it's terrible. I don't know about you. But quite often, we, get, we seem to get drawn into this. Other people get worked up. They get hysterical sometimes even. And then the mood's contagious. We all end up joining in to that unrest, joining into that mood, that attitude. A mob rule even, if you like. I'd never do something like that, we proclaim. Someone else said that in the Gospels. Simon Peter, I'll never deny you, Lord, he said. What happened? Jesus said, I tell you, before cock crows, you'll die me three times. No, I won't. Don't you know Jesus? No. Aren't you with Jesus? No. I, I know your accent. You, you're one of Jesus' followers. No, I'm not. Shut up. I don't know. I've never heard of it. Cock-a-doodle-do. What have I done? What must Jesus have thought? These people he guided, healed, taught, loved. The crowd in general, not just Simon Peter. But now they've turned on him. Simon Peter's denied knowing him. Others are shouting for him to be crucified. What do you think in that situation? I won't help that sort again. If they're going to be like that, I'm not, I'm not going to bother. We know what Jesus' response is, though. We see it late in today's Passion reading. The thief, 
the common criminal, says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He doesn't apologise to Jesus for anything. He admits he's a criminal. He admits he deserves what's coming to him. He just says, Jesus, remember me. Does Jesus think, oh no, another loser. I won't waste my time with him. No. Jesus says quite simply, I tell you, this day, you will be with me in paradise. Humanity might have done its best to get itself cut off from Jesus, cut off from salvation, but all is not lost. God does not give up, no matter what we may have done. God continues to reach out, desperate to welcome us home, desperate to forgive us, if only we come. I'm reminded of the picture, the light of the world. Jesus standing outside the door with a lantern. A subtitle, I stand at the door and knock. In spite of everything we have done, collectively and individually, Jesus is standing there, near us, knocking, waiting. Waiting until we utter words like that thief. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, help me, please. And at that point, we too will hear that promise. I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. We journey through Holy Week with that promise. May we accept it for ourselves. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.